Hey, everybody. Welcome once again to the football pandemic. We are heading to the end of this fantasy football anyway and coming to the close of a regular football season in just a few short weeks. Let's get into it today. We're going to get into some uh, football news from around the league, see what's going on this week uh, in the great NFL, what we just experienced. And Tristan, we're going to let you uh, start us off and take us away. What kinds of things uh, should we be talking about? Well, something I want to start out with, uh, we're to start out with the Jets, but that was pretty insane. I, I talked about this a little bit earlier. If you go back and watch the, the touchdown they gave up on the last play um, to give the Raiders the win, it was a zero blitz and there, and a QB spy, which is not something you ever, I don't know if I've ever seen a team just so blatantly hand the game to another team <laughs> in the way the Jets did in that game. And Greg Williams was fired, the defensive coordinator. I want to know why. <laughs> I'm a Jets fan. I don't want him fired. You know, I, I want to give him a, a promotion, at least for the rest of the season, because you're trying to lose and he helped you lose. He did what I, was I, necessary. Yeah, I mean, that is just blatant tanking right there. That's that was just insane to watch. Yeah, and all the people out there shouting, "How can we still have Adam Gase?" Well, guys, relax. You're not going to have Adam Gase long. They're just they're just letting him hold on so that there's there's the excuse. Well, that's why we didn't win a game. We had this guy and he's fired at the end of the year. But yeah, the Jets are basically so transparently saying we want Trevor Lawrence. I'm 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 going to call it right now. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the first overall pick if he if he declares. He still hasn't quite decided. I don't think. It sounds like he's going to declare, even though the Jets are going to be probably the number one pick. I'll tell you this, yeah, though. That seems like a shoe in though. Going to New York, whether it's New York Giants or New York Jets, um, that's like a big stage. And so I can see a quarterback, even though it's a bad team, saying, I want to go on a big stage and be the one who turns it around. I could I could see that. Yeah, that, that makes a whole lot of sense. The thing is, though, about firing Adam Gase, the GM, Joe Douglas, is like – he. Uh, Adam Gates kind of like got him that job. The, those two are kind of like locked in, in step together. So I think you've got to fire both of them if you're wait uh, whoever the Jets owner is. Oh wait, Joe so Judge. Joe, Joe Judge Doug- is the coach for New York. Yeah, yeah, Joe Douglas. Oh, I thought you said GM. Joe Judge. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that's yeah. Because uh, Adam Gates got hired, and then their the GM that hired him was fired, and they brought in uh, Joe. Uh, Joe Douglas. So that's, I don't know if he's going to fire him. So that's just, let me ask you this after, after any of the other two, Oh, in 16 game seasons, was there ever one that did not fire everybody like general manager and coach uh, to your knowledge? What did we have? We had the Detroit lions and who did we have before the Detroit? There was one other team. Huey headlines was not fired. Hugh Jackson, Oh, in 16, Hugh Jackson came back. Uh, was the coach for Baker Mayfield uh, and, you know, the coach during Hard Knocks that so, year after going 0-16. So there you so, go. I thought it was a given. If you, if you went 0-16, you had to fire everybody, but I guess that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> what else we got? Uh, also, um, let's go move on to some good teams here. Uh, the Browns are legit. They've got nine wins. Yeah. A winning season guaranteed now. Um, that's a, That was an impressive win over the Titans and, all of a sudden, this this Browns offense looks to be rolling. I mean, Baker Mayfield looked great offensively. Uh, shout out to him in, in the 
in the press conferences, he's quoting Parks and Rec in the office. He said that <laughs> he said in the in the uh, press conference the other day, he said the the Dwight Schrute line of "If I'm about to do to do something, I think would an idiot do that? If they do, I do not do that thing." <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to, to Baker Mayfield with that. I missed kind of that. That's great of the whole press conference thing um, that they have to do every week. But yeah, that's the Titans made a game of it, but I think this Browns team might be a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs. Yeah. Hey, I want to throw one out there. Uh, This idea of the NFC East guys, the NFC East, I've been all year saying five wins is what I wanted. I don't think that's going to happen because we saw two pretty, pretty big wins. New York beat Seattle. I might have seen that because I just know how bad uh, their defense is, but I was not. I was not expecting Washington to beat Pittsburgh. Yeah, go, going back to the New York-Seattle game, the thing that really surprised me is Daniel Jones wasn't even playing. Colt McCoy was in at quarterback. Well, maybe that's the secret. The Seahawks, the Seahawks got beat by backfield of Colt McCoy and <laughs> Wayne Gallman and Alfred Morris. Ooh, was that's- a pro bowler like. Seven years ago. It's and funny. it's not like Seattle's giving up. They're fighting for their division, and they lost. They went from first place yeah. in their division to maybe it's just second place. But I was thinking they might have dropped three bit or two. I mean, you've got two NFC East teams playing some pretty good football right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think Joe Judge is starting to establish a culture. He's a, he's a Patriots guy. Uh, came over from from New England. I think he's he's one of those guys who who learned something in New England, maybe. And he's starting to establish a culture. They're playing some good defense. And... Uh, they they just had a heyday on on Russell Wilson. There, um, Leonard Williams had a, a heyday in the backfield. He was all all over uh, Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. and that that defense is looking pretty solid. Same thing with uh, the football team. I mean, yeah, uh, you got Chase Young. He's doing things as as a rookie. I think he he probably should be the, the defensive rookie of the year, uh, considering they might make the playoffs as well. And You've got some talent there. I don't know if Alex Smith is the guy completely going forward that you want, but you've got a solid offensive line. They're built in the trenches. The the football team is. They've got yeah. they're maybe one or two pieces away from being really dominant units on each side, but that's a good future, I think, if, if you're a football team fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After that game, Mike Tomlin was asked by the press and uh, what they think of um, Chase Young. And his only comment was, is I never want to be a bad enough team to get a player that high in the draft. <laughs> <laughs> well, he may never Mike be Tomlin in the post game is something else. <laughs> He's in what's the, what's called the useless sound montage of the, the Levitard show where they're always where they, they go through just cliche football comments from the post games. And he is always in that, like multiple times. What was it a, a couple of weeks ago where he, his explanation for, for why they played so bad is, well, we sucked yeah. straight up. He's a, a heck of a <laughs> a heck of a, a post-game conference guy to, to listen to. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see the NFC East gaining some life. Uh, it's not where I expected it to come from at the beginning of this year. I did not. I thought New York and Washington would be the bottom two teams. I had no idea. No way of foreseeing that they would uh, begin to get the strength that looks like they're getting. And besides defensive player of the year for Washington, they they probably have locked up comeback player of the year also in Alex Smith, just what he's been doing. And so congratulations to them. I still hope Washington wins that division, but it's looking a lot tougher because New York's playing some tough football. Uh, and, and speaking of kind of coming into playoffs, we've actually had a couple teams removed from playoff contention this week, right? Who are those? Yeah. 
So we have uh, two teams to add to the list that we've had all season. Cincinnati Bengals are officially out. out. Mathematically eliminated eliminated from the playoffs. Okay. I don't know if having Joe Burrow healthy uh, would have changed that equation. I don't think they were going to make a playoff push anyway, but now they are officially, they're all gone. Mm-hmm. The second team is uh, another team with a rookie quarterback that's looked pretty good. The Chargers, uh, with the biggest loss in their franchise history to the New England Patriots, 45-0, to zero, are now out of playoff contention. And you know what's weird is uh, the New England Patriots still have a shot at the playoffs. I was thinking by this time they would really be done. Scary. They played, Always. They played some, some solid football the last few weeks. They did. Is that the nail in the coffin for... Uh, Anthony Lynn in in LA. That, that's got to be because you could you can have your your pick. I think of of head coaching candidates. You've got a, a great yeah. situation to come in for a new coach. It's it's got to be the end for him. I think. Yeah, I mean they want to make sure that they optimize Herbert's time there. What you don't want to do is like stick with somebody like maybe the Colts stuck with Ryan Grigson and Chuck Pagano way too long when Andrew Luck was with us and we had like this ability to have a great team, but we just kept and kept and kept on. Oh, Jim Irsay, I still lament. But yeah, so we've lost who? We know that the Jets are out. We know that the Jags are out. We know that uh, Bengals and uh, Chargers. Is there anyone else that is mathematically eliminated? Are the Dallas Cowboys now, since they lost this last week, did they? No. So everyone in the NFC, all 16 teams, are still in playoff contention. That's crazy. Going into this week. (laughs) Every NFC team, all 16 of them, this just tells still you have a shot at the how playoffs. good the NFC is. Look at all those powerful teams. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there, you could say there's just so much competition that they're just beating each other. You could but say you that. You could also just say there's no overwhelming force as well. So Right. There, there's a couple, but uh, there's only a couple. I mean, you look at New Orleans and Green Bay, and I mean, those are your forces. After that, well, L.A. is not, I mean, they've got some top just like the the AFC, but the AFC had more people up in that top, I guess. Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, take a look at the other side of the playoff contention. Uh, We've had two teams this week, and the first two teams in NFL so far this season, to clinch their playoff berth. One from each conference. We Mm -hmm. have the Kansas City Chiefs and the New Orleans Saints. Which I was telling Brandon before we started this podcast, he told me about the Kansas City Chiefs have clinched, but the Pittsburgh Steelers have not. Uh, And that was kind of surprising to me because the Pittsburgh Steelers have only lost one game and they lost it to an opposite conference. They lost it to an NFC team, whereas Kansas City has have have lost to an AFC team. Uh, And so the record would fall if they tied to Pittsburgh. So it was confusing to me, but I guess it has to do with uh, the others in their division that are or are not winning. Whereas in Pittsburgh, you have the Browns at nine wins and in Las Vegas, I mean, uh, in the AFC West, the next closest is Las Vegas at seven wins. That has to be the only thing that allows them to clinch because right now, even with their tie, Pittsburgh still right now has the number one seed at this point. And if they end up tying, we'll have that bye week. So crazy, crazy how that worked out. I don't know the exact uh, mathematics behind what needs to happen this week. If I'm assuming they would be able to clinch a spot with a Pittsburgh win and a Cleveland loss. Yeah, but who's Cleveland playing again? Uh, Ravens, right? The Ravens. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so that's going to have implications, and it could happen. The Ravens are one of those teams that they have weaknesses, but they can also have a game that just goes off if Lamar's you know, doing a Lamar. Yeah, when the two teams met earlier this season, the Ravens, uh, I think they scored 38 points and the Browns scored three. So it was, uh, it was a blowout. We'll have to see what happens. Yeah. 
So things things could happen. We'll we'll keep an eye there. What else is going on in news this week? Anything of note that we need to be aware of or need to talk about? There is one thing. Uh, so we're going into week 14. Next week is week 15. Sunday Night Football has a new game. We are going to see the Browns versus the Giants. Uh, that was just flexed within the past hour or so of this podcast recording. Uh, but just change your calendars in case you were planning on following those teams pretty closely. Yeah, that should be a good one. Uh, both teams playing. I mean, Cleveland playing really well, but even New York playing well. I mean, they just beat Seattle. You can't discount that. Ma- imagine telling someone like five or six weeks ago that <laughs> Sunday Night Football, they're going to flex the Giants and the Browns. And that's going to have major... <laughs> That's going to have major playoff implications. You would not expect that, but here we are. That's that's how the NFL is. Here we are. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if if uh, the Browns would lose to Baltimore this week uh, or to the Giants next week, that would, yeah, change where they're at in this whole thing too because right now they're at the very first wild card spot with their record, but that, there are a lot of teams bunched up there for those last those three wild card spots in the AFC. It'll be interesting to watch. All right, we're going to go ahead and get into our Homer highlights. <laughs> I win in your face. Yeah. How do you like them apples? Woo-hoo-hoo. Go! Why don't you start us off today, Brandon? What's going on with the Green Bay Packers? A lot of talk about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and that's not going to be any different this week. He's hit a few more milestones, actually significant milestones in the NFL. He is the first quarterback in NFL history to have five seasons in his career with 35-plus touchdown passes. Whew. Before, he had had four, along with some other company, and I think you guys might recognize these names, of Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Rodgers officially surpassing them in that category. All of them, huh? All of them. Yep. He's so good, and I hate it. Me too. <laughs> One day he'll Tris- be gone, and then yep. you'll have Jordan Love, I guess. Yeah, we'll, we'll have Twice to see how that transition comes out. <laughs> and uh, he, he is... Uh, here's another stat. He's the first quarterback in NFL history after this past week with 5,000 passing yards, 400 passing touchdowns, and 3,000 rushing yards. You usually don't see Aaron Rodgers as more of a rushing guy, but he can get out there every once in a while. And I guess these uh, past 16 years or so, he's been pretty consistent. Uh, he's more mobile than those other quarterbacks I mentioned earlier. Yeah. A little bit. He also cemented himself as the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. That's the second time this season. With this past game, the win against the Philadelphia Eagles, as I mentioned earlier, he has 400 career touchdown passes, that 400th going to Devontae Adams, who also caught his 200th career touchdown pass. He's the fastest quarterback in NFL history to ever reach this milestone. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes will probably break it next season or something, whenever he decides to do that. But I do want to name the other seven quarterbacks, how many games it took him to get there and how many interceptions they have. I'm going to start with another green and gold favorite or purple and gold, whichever way you want to view him. Brett Favre took him 228 games and he had 258 interceptions. So a little more than one interception a game. To get to that point, Dan Marino had 227 games to get there and 239 interceptions, still more than one interception a game. Philip Rivers, who is now uh, Indianapolis Colt quarterback, 231 games with 202 interceptions. Peyton Manning, Denver Broncos or Colts quarterback, however you want to take it, 209 games with 198 interceptions. Our first quarterback to get under 200 interceptions to that 400 career passing mark. Next, we have Drew Brees, 205 games uh, with 196 interceptions. Tom Brady, 212 games with 143 interceptions. And Aaron Rodgers comes in the sub-200 games 
at 193 and less than 100 interceptions at 88 to get to 400 career passing touchdowns. I'll just drink this in. This is the the one prime time in your life when you're going to have these stats at your little heart's desire. One day, this is going to be gone. And I don't think we're going to get a transition like Favre to Rodgers the second time. I just don't. We'll have to see what happens, but all I know is right now I'm sleeping really good at night. You remember when I when I used to say, yeah, Blake... Enjoy these Tom Brady days because they won't last forever. Enjoy these Aaron Rodgers days. They won't last forever. Well, let's flip on over then to a division rival. Uh, Tristan, what's going on with these uh, Bears? Well, the Bears are terrible, in case we didn't didn't know that. (laughs) And that had to be the the nail in the coffin for the Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace, Ted Phillips era. I'm firing Ted Phillips, too, uh, another one of the guys in the the front office. (laughs) You're just going to fire them all, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, clean house, fire them all. See ya. Um, I mean, you give up. How do you lose a game like that to the Lions? Now, like, what's weird is they're not quite mathematically eliminated from the playoffs yet, right? No one in the yeah, NFC is. But they're they're eliminated. They're gonna lose. <laughs> they're gonna lose the Vikings. Okay, they're gonna lose the Packers. That's a given. They're probably gonna lose this week to the the, te- the Texans. Maybe you beat the 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 Jags. That's gonna be a a tank fest. I mean, I don't know. We'll we'll see, but. I, I don't care. I've this this is this has gone on too long. The, we're pa- we're past the point of no return here uh, with this era. So real quick, I'm gonna give you my, my two uh, two guys to hire the GM head coach candidate of the week. Okay. And for the GM candidate, uh, one guy I'm inter- I'm interested in, Nick Casario, the uh, New England Patriots de- director of player personnel. Now everyone gives all the credit to Bill Belichick for what he's built with the Patriots and he deserves a lot of credit, no doubt about it. But I do like the the guy who is in charge of player personnel because the player personnel is managed really well. They get tons of tons of value. They always seem to make the right move. They know when to move on from guys in free agency, etc. I like that guy as the GM for for my team. Okay. I like him yeah, I'll just I don't know I don't know Nick Casario, uh, his history or anything, but if he's the the Patriots director of player personnel, that's that's a good look and that's a guy I want. Now for the head coach, this this could easily go bad. This this guy I'm, I'm going to talk about, <laughs> uh, similar to a Josh McDaniels, the the young hot shot coordinator does not always work out. Matt Nagy as well, uh, although this is a little different. Joe Brady is a guy who's going to be. Uh, in the in the coaching carousel this this year, and uh, he knows offense. Who is he the offensive coordinator for? So he's the offensive coordinator for the Panthers. And last year he was the I don't know if he was necessarily the offensive coordinator. He was the the passing game coordinator for LSU, and that was a historic level offense at LSU with Joe Burrow and Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and those guys over there in LSU. Insane offense. Now, can he be a leader of men? Can he lead an off? Can he lead a, a football team? Can he get a football team to believe him? Believe in him? I don't know. That's something that whoever is going to be the new GM, whoever's making the hire, has to determine. But as far as what he's brought in the NFL already, I mean, he's brought some life to this Panthers offense that does not have a whole lot of talent. They've got a few pieces, sure, but Christian McCaffrey's been out the whole year. I don't know. I just I think he knows offense and. That's exactly what the Bears need. So those are my two picks of the week for the potential guys the Bears can hire as this current front office is absolutely 100% dead in the water. <laughs> what about your uh, 
uh, Illini beating Duke. You're not going to talk about that? Oh, okay, yeah. Obviously, the, I'm, my mind is not really on football this week. I am on cloud nine, thanks to uh, Illinois basketball. They led by double digits pretty much the whole way at Cameron Indoor. You get comments out of a, out of um, for Coach K saying, all right, this, this COVID, we, we've got to stop this. We should not be playing basketball right now. Where earlier in the year, Coach K was like, we cannot miss two NCAA tournaments in a row. We just can't do that for for college basketball. And all of a sudden, his team's not all that great. Oh, no, let's, we better uh, slow this thing down. But <laughs> Illinois gets their first win at Cameron Indoor since 1995. This team is legit. A whole lot of fun pieces out there. Fun team to watch. Final four, that's that's the goal. Final four. Um, this is uncharted territory for me as an Illinois fan because they've been terrible in football and basketball for as, as long as I, I can remember until right now under Brad Underwood. He's got this thing rolling. I can't wait for the rest of the year. Well, that's exciting. And uh, even though you uh, took a swipe at Blake, Blake, we're going to let you talk about, we're not going to talk about basketball, okay? We're just going to keep you talking about those New England Patriots. What about them? This week for Homer Highlights, Cam Newton and special teams led the Patriots to a 45-0 route. Cam Newton ran for two touchdowns, and the New England Patriots scored two touchdowns on special teams in order to beat the Chargers this week. Game coming in, I didn't know what Patriot team we were going to get, but it turned out we were going to get the team that's been successful this year so far in their wins, and I'm looking forward to next week as they play the Rams. Uh, that's going to be a tough matchup against the Rams. The Rams uh starting to kind of look strong again over there uh, in their division. I'm going to jump real quick into my Homer highlights, and I'm not going to take a lot of time with these today. Uh, the Colts basically won uh, to keep up with the Titans uh, for the race for the AFC South. Um, so they're both sitting at eight and four. Uh, right now, the Titans are in the lead because they have we've split the, the games we played against each other, and they have uh, less division losses. I mean, yeah, division losses. So, you know, it's one of those that we have to keep going in order to try and make sure we have if not the the division winner that we have a one of those wild card spots and we play one of those other wild card hopeful wild card hopefuls this week uh, the Raiders and um, they I'm just going to tell you they barely won against the Jets last week it looked like the Jets were going to win until that very last throw uh, and you're just like oh boy Raiders so the the nice thing about that is it gives me some uh, hopefully a little bit of confidence heading into that game that maybe we can uh, that's going to that's gonna have huge implications, whoever wins that game, as far as that wild card race. Uh, what you'll notice this week, uh, the Colts' defense was back. We had Buckner back. We had some of those others back. And you notice that our defense was, I mean, against Deshaun Watson, who I don't care what anybody says, he is on a bad team, but he is playing MVP-type games this year. Uh, and he was, uh, he was looking good even against the Colts. And uh, they shut the Colts out offensively. This is my biggest concern. The Colts didn't score, I don't think, in the second half, if I'm remembering correctly. Put up 24 points on them in the beginning. Uh, in the first half. Uh, and then we just kind of held there and uh, it was looking like they were going to score right at the end until there was that missed uh, snap from center to Deshaun Watson and, and, um, and they jumped on it. I got some beef with that. That's on Deshaun Watson as a former center. It's always, if the snap's just a little bit off here, Oh, it's on the, it's on the, the uh, it's on the center. That's a bad snap. It's his fault. No, that's not. First of all, that was second down. And if you're Deshaun Watson, second goal, you got to fall on that at the very least, if you can't catch it, but it hit him right in the hands. That's on Deshaun Watson. It was a little He's off blame, center, not the center, but it it's did not, hit his it hands. It wasn't a perfect snap, right. sure, but I mean, you got to you got to help your center out here. It's well, it's really hard. People who haven't played the position don't know how hard it is to make a perfect shotgun snap every mm -hmm. single play. Because if 
one little mistake like that and and everyone you know you're you're to blame when really that's you got if you're Deshaun Watson you got to catch that well everyone fall on it everyone else may have been saying center but I think Deshaun Watson agreed with you if you watched the the end of that game he sat over on the bench and when everybody was out on the field congratulating one another he just sat there with a towel over his head and you could tell he was taking full guilt and responsibility why Hilton came over at the very end and like kind of gave him a little encouragement but uh, he was he was I think blaming himself as well so even if the rest of the world's like that's on the center I think you and Deshaun might be on the same page and that I think speaks to who he is as a football player again I would gladly take him with the Colts that's not going to happen but uh <laughs> anyway uh so yeah next week we're going against the Raiders hopefully our offense can look a little more I mean T.Y. Hilton got back in for the first time seems like all year T.Y. Hilton actually had a game like worth looking at he always does in Houston they say it's his second home but uh hopefully he's getting back on track and can continue that here uh, as we head into the playoffs uh, but that's that's for me and Homer highlights. Let's go into the the marquee manure and my oh my match, matchups. And Blake, we're going to start with you. Uh, what are your big matchups as you look at the week? What are you looking forward to? My marquee matchup for this week is going to be Steelers and Bills. The way I see it, the Steelers have a lot to prove as they're coming back from a, their only loss of the season. I believe that the Bills will want to prove something too as they want to get to 10 wins and be solidified in that AFC East, so I'm going Steelers and Bills for that one. My my oh my, would you look at that? It's gonna be the Ravens and Browns. The way I see it, the Ravens have something to prove still as they're continuing for a wild card spot, and the Browns nine and three are looking to get their tenth win. So that'll be a great matchup too to look at. My manure matchup's gonna be Broncos and Panthers. I feel like that'll be a game that no one's gonna want to tune into. That everybody's gonna kind of sleep on. So I'm gonna go manure matchup Broncos and Panthers. All right. What about you, Tristan? Uh, I know you do the kind of uh, three games against a spread. What games are you looking at this week? Well, I'm going to keep one thing that's working, and that was betting against the Bears. Uh, I had the Lions covering that spread and winning outright, and that worked out last week. I'm going to stick with that. Uh, the Texans, uh, right now, this it just got updated to a pick spread, which is even, it says, on, on the line. So the Texans are going to win the game. They've got more offensive firepower. That's the pick I'm going with. Uh, t- take the pecs, the Texans to beat the Bears. Also, this is a, a pick you can get some value with. Chiefs-Dolphins is going to be a heck of a game. The Chiefs are only favored by seven, and I just don't know what this Dolphins offense right now with, you know, you got Tua in there, and he's kind of injured, and then Ryan Fitzpatrick has been in there, here, or there. Seven points. The Chiefs can easily cover that spread in a hurry. Even if it's a close game, they can pull away. Uh, so I like that. I like the Chiefs to cover that spread as well. And then it's a little bit of a galaxy brain pick here, but the Seahawks are favored by 13 and a half at home against the Jets. The Jets have been playing a little bit better football. They they literally had to give the game away last week mm-hmm. and call a zero blitz with a QB spy on the last play of the game, which is just hilarious. But they're not they're not 13 and a half points worse than how the Seahawks are right now. Their offense is really struggling russell wilson is not going to win the mvp how things stand right now with his last few games so give me the jets to cover the spread that's a big spread i think they'll cover it brandon what are you looking for this week in matchups i agree with blake's matchup for the marquee uh steelers versus bills uh that's going to have uh, big seeding playoff implications. If the Bills come out and beat the Steelers and the Steelers keep losing the rest of the season, the Bills can actually rank above Pittsburgh uh, seeding wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, those, you know, I'm assuming both of them will win their division. So it'll be somewhere between the second and the fourth seed. Uh, I think Kansas City probably takes the takes the top seed. 
my manure game, I have Titans versus Jaguars. Titans did not look good in like the first two and a half quarters this past week. It but was, it's the Jags. It yeah, they're going to want to come out and just stomp the crap out of a bad team. You know, with divisional football, though, sometimes the crazy things happen. How exciting would it be if the Jags beat the Titans for someone who's a Colts fan? Oh, that would be exciting for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. It would take some weird divisional football. But, hey, uh, it's happened I, before, i.e. first game of the week or year. I think the Titans are going to want to come and just stop a bad team to prove that they're not as bad as they is. You know, people they, think they might be. <laughs> and uh, my oh my matchup, uh, I'm actually going to say Vikings Buccaneers. Yep. I think if the Vikings win this game, uh, and continue to win throughout the season, they might slide into maybe a seven seed. Vikings right now are slotted in the seventh, the wild card, the last wild card spot. Yeah, and I'm assuming they're going to want to stay there after how they opened the season. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna want to make a playoff push. Maybe they'll you know push out New Orleans again. We'll have to wait and see. Well, as I look at these games, it was really tough. Uh, I think I would have to say uh, with with a couple of the others here, Steelers Bills is probably the marquee uh, just because we, we got to know Steelers guys were beat by Washington. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I know Greatest this is team in the NFC East. This is part That's of, right. part of like, uh, got it, Brandon. part of, part of what we cover in the news. But, uh, you know, Washington is at five and seven, New York is at five and seven and they beat two really good teams this week. Now, New York beat Seattle, which their defense is just not that great, but, uh, their defense stopped Russ and company. So there's there's something happening there. And then Washington beat Pittsburgh, um, who has a great defense. And Alex Smith came out and did what he needed to with bloody leg and all to also get to five and seven. What this bodes ill against is my desire to see uh, a five win team go to the playoffs, because I think one of these teams at least is going to win another game. And uh, I'm hoping it's the the football team, actually. Um, But the Giants surprisingly are leading this race right now. They're in number one spot if it ended right now, even with that. That uh, same record. So Steelers need to show what they can do against the Bills. But if the Bills can come and beat the Steelers, that's that's going to have some huge, huge implications. What what was uh, easier for me was my manure matchup. I think it's Cowboys Bengals, man. Cowboys are just they're just not good. Bengals without Burrow also not good. Really, neither one of them are going to be making any sort of playoff push. Uh, Neither one of them are. I mean, I guess Bengals are like looking at a high draft pick that they can be protecting, but really bad game and it's at noon with a bunch of other games so it's not going to be watched it's it's a manure where I had trouble was with the my oh my because there are so many games that like are when you get to this point in the season so many games that are having like implications so for me Colts Ravens has been I mean Colts Raiders has big implications they're both fighting for that wild card spot and again a win over them especially if the Jags would come and surprise the Titans would be amazing I don't know that that's going to happen uh but Ravens Browns. Uh, the Browns are looking so much tougher than I thought they would when we started this year. And uh, right now they're sitting in that first wild card spot if everything ended today just because of, of wins and, and such. Uh, but they, I don't think they would have enough to ever you know, beat Pittsburgh. I'm trying to think of how many games are left, but still that's a, that's a game with implications. But like you said, Vikings, uh, coming back, uh, the, the way they've been stronger, uh, that and the Buccaneers could be a good game. The the Cardinals and giants. I, I know I was just sitting here talking about the, the giants as a team, but Cardinals, they, they look like they could possibly win a division a few weeks ago and they've been circling the drain a little bit. And if they lose this one, 
it really looks bad for Cliff Kingsbury and company. Uh, there's so many games uh, that could go in my my, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna stick Homer there and go Colts Raiders for the my my oh my of the week. All right, hey, let's uh, let's take some time and look at our critical question uh, before we move on here. Brandon, do you have anything that's critical this week? Yeah, I got I got one, and I want to talk about uh, the quarterback from the Raiders and something he said uh, to the press. So Derek Carr believes the 49ers can really make a comeback next season if they go and obtain Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford going to the 49ers in the offseason, what does that look like to you guys, and does that make them a Super Bowl contending team again? I mean, the biggest thing that's going to help them win is just get healthy. I mean, you lost George Kittle, you've had Debo Samuel out most of the year, Richard Sherman's out he might leave so that that might be a problem for them but overall there's been a ton of injuries all over you know all over uh, nick bosa another guy who's mm-hmm. been out uh just a ton of guys that, that that's their top players of guys who couldn't get injured and here they still are i don't even know i, I still don't really know where we're at with jimmy garoppolo like yeah he has these games these really impressive games like i think back to the uh the saints game last year where he's just dueling with you know drew Brees and in one of those classic uh, shootouts at, at the, the Superdome but I mean Matthew Stafford I think would give you a little bit more you feel better about him as far as what he's going to give you week to week versus Jimmy Garoppolo the only thing is I don't know you, you'd have to find a way to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo and that contract in order to make I don't I don't see a, a Stafford for Garoppolo flip you know just one for one like that so I I don't know that's that's interesting but yeah, Stafford would definitely, I think, raise their just their overall talent level because he's a guy that is, you know, I don't know what he's going to get on the open market as far as like for a trade, but whoever gets him, I think, is going to be really happy with what they get. Yeah, so you think maybe, you know, San Francisco offers Jimmy Garoppolo and a third-round pick. You think that's where the negotiations might start if they decided to go with this route? You're talking about trading with the Lions? Yeah. Let's say they decide to... I don't know that go, the Lions are, are going to say Garoppolo's our man. What they really want is draft picks. And I don't know if a third rounder is enough because Jimmy Garoppolo is still someone who has value. If, if you can get him more consistent and stay healthy as well, that's a part of it. The best ability is availability, and he's been injured a lot. So I don't know. That's, that would be an interesting interesting move, I think, where it could be almost like you see in the NBA where – uh, you, you take on a big contract, but you know if you're a team that's rebuilding, you take on a big contract. We also get draft picks with that, and that helps you kind of build things up. So that that would be an interesting idea, and mm-hmm. you know not something that's completely galaxy brain out of the out of the the possibilities. Yeah, they're they're two teams that are just kind of so in the middle that it's hard to you know they're not like so low that they're going to be high in the draft for a quarterback pick of their own yeah it's going to be interesting i think like you said i think matthew stafford would give 49ers consistency above all but again their team has i agree with everything you said they were so injured that there's so much uh, of that aspect that will change their team and and we just don't know what that's going to look like especially if like some pieces don't come back uh, i will say as far as garoppolo you know, the one one guy who really wanted Garoppolo and uh, was kind of forced to let him go was Bill Belichick. I don't think Bill Belichick's going to keep up this marriage with Cam Newton. I think that was a one-year little suitor thing, and I think he's going to be done with Cam Newton. It would be interesting if somehow he ended up getting Garoppolo back, uh, what he might do with that. 
But I don't think he would pay like the big contract. I don't think. Maybe Kraft would. Hey, well, let's go ahead and look a, a little bit at the past week of fantasy football and uh, talk just a little bit about those votes. I will start off by saying we talked about the 49ers having like everybody injured and it's just amazing that they're even like somehow still in, you know, some wins. It's, it's crazy to look at where the 49ers injury wise were and they're doing better than I expected. That's exactly my fantasy football team. When I lost Saquon Barkley the first week and I had so many people out with COVID for like two or three weeks, Ridley out and Lamar Jackson out and Kittle injured like all year. Everybody who was supposed to be good. It's amazing that I am at five wins. Wait, is that where the 49ers are? Wait, where are the 49ers? How many wins that? They they have five wins also. I feel very kinship with them right now. But anyway, how are those votes looking, Brandon? Yeah. So uh, last week we all voted for two specific teams to uh, win all out that we got correct. Uh, That was Wilson and Big Thighs both won. Uh, We all said clear eyes full hearts would lose and he came out with the win uh not basketball loss uh and then we started a split blake and i both said that blake would win and matthew tried to pull some some other stuff and go for matthew to win for a colts win then blake and i both said uh sir tom hat would beat trumpet football matthew said trumpet football would win trumpet football did win puts blake and i at four for five the for the week and Matthew at three for five. I'll tell you this. I think my, my philosophy last week was pick my team to win and they will lose, but the real Colts will win. And you know what? That turned out exactly right. I will say this. I think old man rivers officially is out of playoff contention and you may this week and Mop LaFleur gets to be the beneficiary of this because that's who I'm playing. But Mop LaFleur will get to see an all Colts roster. If I can at all swing it this week, you will see all Colts on my fantasy team. It's going to be glorious, guys. It's going to be glorious. Speaking, speaking of that, let's get into looking at those matchups coming up this week and make some predictions and prognostications. Who's going to win and who's not? Blake, uh, tell us the order of what we got and what we'll do is uh, we'll... Uh, we'll go through those together. Go ahead, Blake. I mean, Brandon. Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll start with Blake this week. Uh, let's go ahead and start with Twenty Four Blast versus Knights of the Huddle. What does your matchup look like, Blake? For this week's prediction, I'm going to start off with myself. 24 Blast will defeat the Knights of the Huddle. The reason I say that is just looking at our matchups. My running backs will outpower his. The only concern I have is Robert Woods for Jarvis Landry at the wide receiver spot. But I'm going to give myself the win on this one. Hopefully, I'll be continued for playoffs soon. Yeah, I'll go ahead and go next. I agree with Blake. I think uh, 24 Blast is going to pull out the win. And we'll go ahead and slide over to Matthew for what he thinks, and we'll finish up with Tristan. Okay. Uh, Yeah, when I look at these, um, looking at... You know, Ben Roethlisberger uh, versus Buffalo, I think it's going to be uh, a tougher sort of matchup, but I think he's he's going to do well. I mean, just looking down through these last week, 24 blasts at 212 points. He's He's been rising in his score, it seems like, here toward the end of the year. Uh, Knights of the Huddle started off this year like really strong and has, has had a few stumbles here and there uh, down the stretch. Uh, I think Herbert versus Atlanta can do really good, uh, but uh, I don't know. You know, Taylor, I don't know where he's at, what he's going to look like. Uh, versus the Raiders might be great. True. I was I was gonna pick twenty four blast in this, but as I'm as I'm looking down through these, I think I'm just gonna switch that and I'm gonna go with Knights of the Huddle today. Yeah, it's kind of close for me too. Uh, I think I'll go twenty four blast winning this one. Unlike his his Duke Blue Devils, um, 
kind of a couple question marks on each side. Uh, but I think I think it's conceivable each each could get the win here. But I'll go with uh, Blake here in this one. All right. Our next matchup we'll look at is uh, our top team in the league and our worst team in the league. We got big thighs versus not basketball. What do you think, Blake? Not basketball versus big thighs. I'm going big thighs. Big thighs has been dominant this year. His team is dominant. I'm going big thighs for the win. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. I don't I don't really need to do any explanation there. Uh, I think, you know, again, big thighs has been scoring like 250 plus points every week. Not basketball is in very last place. That doesn't mean not basketball can't shock people. I, I know he did me, although that maybe isn't such a big shock to everybody. Uh, again, with all of my injuries, I'm going to blame it. Uh, but yeah, I think <laughs> I think Big Thighs is going to continue his winning ways this week. Got to go Big Thighs here. I mean, it's a really impressive team. Big Thighs has, I mean, just it's it's not close. Best team, worst team. It's fantasy football. You got to go Big Thighs. Yeah, let's go ahead and take a look at uh, Mop LaFleur and uh, see if she's going to Mop LaFleur with this Colts roster. Mop LaFleur versus Old Man Rivers. I'm going Mop LaFleur. I don't know if when Old Man Rivers is going to throw in the towel for playoffs, but soon should be it. He has a great team, but it's just not looking good for him. So I'm going with Mop LaFleur. Yeah, I'm hopping on that train as well. Uh, good luck to all you Colts players out there. Yeah, as a, as I said, this will, if I can make it, I, I, it might be tough. I might have a hard time filling out the whole roster, but this is going to become a Colts roster. And if... If somehow the Colts roster, all Colts roster, beat Mop LaFleur, that would, uh, I would send my condolences that way. Uh, but uh, I'm going to pick Mop LaFleur also. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to go like a whole Chiefs team, maybe you have a chance. But I mean, <laughs> Colts don't have a bad offense, but like there's there's just not a much, that, not enough to go all around and have a chance. I'm going to go Mop LaFleur. <laughs> yeah, let's take a look at uh, Clear Eyes, Full Hearts, and Trumpet Football. Clear eyes first, full hearts first. TPT football. I'm going TPT football. He has Josh Allen. He has a good running. Dave Montgomery's coming off a good game against Detroit. He's got Thielen and Thomas. I'm going TPT football. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think Trumpet football is going to pull out a win here. Uh, I'm not exactly sure who Clear Eyes Full Hearts is going to find in that quarterback spot, but we'll we'll see someone uh, come game time. 32 teams out there. We'll see which one he picks up. Yeah, I'm looking at this. Uh, he has Derek Carr on his bench. Maybe that's like the the way he's looking to go. Uh, projected 18 points. Yeah, what do projections mean in this this fantasy league anyway? But even with that 18 points, I think uh, TPT football here uh, with Josh Allen and Drake and Thielen and Michael Thomas, I, I think he's going to pull out the win. So I'm going TPT football. Yeah, I think we've got another clean sweep. Not sure why TPT football is starting Hunter Renfro. That's seems like kind of a random pick. Uh, <laughs> Might want to start someone else there, but uh, I still like TBT football's lineup a little better just overall. Uh, I mean, clear eyes, full hearts. You got Kareem Hunt. That's someone who's really struggled the last few weeks. Uh, yeah, give me TBT football. And our final matchup of the week is going to be Sir Topham Hat versus Wilson. And this game, I think, has the highest playoff implications for this league. The loser gets pushed out of the playoff bracket, and the winner gets to stay in. So big things. What do you think, Blake? And what could be the matchup for two of our top teams in the division in the league with Wilson and Sir Topham Hat? I'm going Wilson. The reason I say that, look at his team. He's got Russell Wilson, Derrick Henry, Chris Carson, Tyler Lockett. He should be a shoo-in to win this game and move up in the standings. So I'm going Wilson for this week. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go a different route. I'm going to say Sir Topham Hat 
because I, I love my friend Jacob and I would like to defeat him in the playoffs for a third time this season. Okay. Uh, I'm actually, I'm actually going to go with Blake on this one. I think Wilson easily wins this game. Wilson's been uh, running high scores. Wilson's been uh, either in first or second place. It seems like all, all fantasy season. I don't see him dropping out now. So I'm going Wilson. Looks like we're going to have a split decision here. I'm going to go Sir Topham hat. Now the players Wilson has from the Seahawks, of course, of uh, Wilson, Carson and Lockett got a great matchup against the Jets, but I'm not sure all of them are going to have good games. Uh, Evan Ingram can completely disappear at times. So give me Sir Topham hat mainly uh, because he, he's got Austin Eckler and Austin Eckler is someone I've had to hang on onto um, all season with an injury. And yet here he is now really looking like a, a great PPR running back, a guy who's going to, you know, just get a ton of volume and be ready to go fresh um, each week. Uh, Travis Kelsey, of course, as well. He was looks like guaranteed for like, at least 15 points every single week and upside for much more. Give me Sir Topham hat here. Do that again. I always start that too loud. All right. Well, hey, guys, thanks for joining us for another week of football pandemic. We're glad you could be here. It's getting to that exciting time of the year. We're going to be watching what's happening with those playoff pictures. So stick with us. Join us again next week. <laughs>